0: to the Management Insights podcast with your hosts, Phil Meidlach and Brad Hansen. You're about to hear from two proven leaders with over 50 years of combined experience with the goal of helping leaders and teams break through to the next level. Phil and Brad take a practical, easy to understand and fun approach to tackling everyday challenges. Here's Phil and Brad.
1: So today we had decided that we were going to talk about uh, the characteristics or the components of a high-performing company, probably one of our favorite topics, always talking about kind of raising the bar. And and uh, um, it was interesting, a week ago I talked to a prospective new uh, client, and we had such a fantastic conversation about, uh, you know, when he joined that organization And he and the team grew it. He just talked about, uh, uh, in very matter-of-fact terms, what he did, the components that really turned that organization around. And when I hung up the phone, I started thinking about, you know, go engineer. And a week or so ago, I talked to somebody at SolidWorks, and I understand at SolidWorks World, you guys kind of cleaned up on the awards. (laughs) So you guys really did great. Tell tell me a little bit about that, and then let's segue into the – you know, the high-performing company. So, first of all, congratulations. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Listen, we we're fortunate to, in that uh, we we have a great partner with with SolidWorks, and uh, one of the one of the traditions that we have with them is we get together their their whole community, users, and the var the var channel, and their partners uh, get together once a year, talk about uh, what's coming up next, uh, giving a sneak peek to some of the. The new technology that will be coming out, and then part of that is kind of an awards dinner to celebrate the prior year. And uh, we were very, very fortunate uh, this year to uh, to pick up some fantastic awards, both uh, both for individuals within the company and then uh, collectively as a company. And it's uh, you know it's, listen, it's it's a it's a lot of fun to see uh, your your team rewarded for for the for the effort that they put in.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh one thing I love about you is your humility and your modesty. So, uh let's scratch that for a second. What did you win? <laughs> that's
2: beautiful. Yeah, we uh well we had uh boy, it's uh you're putting me on the spot because I think we had uh boy upwards of maybe uh if I remember right, maybe 40 45 uh, different awards, again, some of those for individual oh, contributions awesome. within uh, sales territories for uh for our sales professionals, who are just you know, you work with a lot of these guys. They're yep. these guys and gals are fantastic. Uh, they they a lot of what they do is uh, so inspiring to me, and, and and it brings a lot of the, the fun and the passion into going to work every day. And then collectively as a company, uh, we we for both North America and worldwide picked up some some crystals for uh, being the the top reseller. In, in terms of a uh, number of units sold, uh, both for SolidWorks and then their multi-product categories uh, for the, the multi-product bookings uh, worldwide, and uh, there's there's one or two others that I'm I, I know I'm forgetting right now, but uh, again, it's and, and I tell my team this: it uh, while we certainly aren't setting out at the first of the year with goal to just get awards, uh, we are setting out at the first of the of every year. In fact, we start usually in kind of the early fall planning. The strategy for the, for the following year, and uh, you know it, it's, uh, it, it's no accident because we're, we want to be a high-performing company. It's, it's what we set out to do every single year. So th- this topic is, is especially uh, interesting to me, and certainly the, the years that you and I have worked together, it's been one of the most common themes that we've talked about both one-on-one, and then as we pulled my management team in uh, for quarterly strategy sessions with you. Uh, and it's interesting, For, from your perspective, Phil. What is that? Uh, what is that thing that that you that you see as the most common denominator in in high performing companies?
1: Well, um, yeah, and you and I have talked about this a lot, and and uh, and I chatted about this uh, with the uh, the gentleman a week or so ago. But from my perspective, at the core of this is a healthy culture, right? I mean, you have to have healthy relationships and healthy. A healthy culture where people can feel free to experiment, to make mistakes, to challenge, to poke around. And, you know, it it starts there. Uh, um, But that's just the beginning, right? I mean, you have to have people that are passionate about what they do as opposed to just kind of, you know, putting in time. So you got to assemble the right team. You got to create a great culture, a healthy culture, and genuine, healthy relationships
2: it's interesting you bring up culture because I, I, I'm sure at some point we're gonna have at, at least one if not multiple series of these podcasts around what that means because you say culture oh, yeah. and a lot of people have some different ideas and we've talked about this for years uh, you and I so right um, yeah. so I, I, I love hearing that one uh, there, there's something else um, that does come to mind that is is always in the conversation when we're talking about what what we want to be doing both um, uh, as, as we look company-wide at GoEngineer and then as we are bringing on or advancing individuals within the company, and and you touched a little bit on it, and that is, if you hire really good people, which I don't know anybody that doesn't go out every day hoping to find really good people to add to their company, It's uh, which is, by the way, a whole other podcast that we, we need to be yep, focusing yep. on, how how you have that continual recruiting mindset within, within your company. But I don't know anybody that, that thinks, hey, I'm going to I'm hiring for a position. I hope I just get a mediocre person. You know, I mean, that's, that isn't hopefully what anybody's thinking. They're looking for unbelievable talent. And in, in, in a, to enable that unbelievable talent to really thrive, you have to allow them to have kind of the space and the freedom to, uh, to grow and to, to give input and to make mistakes and to, to fail and to succeed. And, and I think that is really at the core of what we've tried to do here at GoEngineer.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, and I think, you know, once you get the right team and you've got the right culture and you have healthy relationships and healthy dialogue and people aren't afraid to poke around and challenge because obviously when you challenge, you know, the, the best things come out of that. And, and, and I still say this today, but I remember in my company, a small organization, we had 85 people, but I remember standing up in front of 85 people saying, listen, you know, here's, here's an idea. And, uh, here's an idea that I had. And, um, if, if you have a better idea, please feel free to push back poke around you know if my if my idea turns out to be a crummy idea and it's really the catalyst for a better idea boy I'm thrilled yeah yeah you know it and, and when you when you can create an environment where people can push back on the boss if you will and and and, and challenge their ideas my gosh you're gonna get the best thinking from your team
2: yeah and, and that's and what's really fun about that is we were sitting around with uh, a few folks on my management team just a few weeks ago and and I I had to laugh because we were talking about three or four things that were working really really well within our company right now. And and you and I have talked about this before. The, the tough thing about a growing company is you have to be willing to kind of reinvent yourself over and over again because the stuff that worked when you were a team of maybe 10 or 15 employees and really worked beautifully, all of a sudden it, you know, when you have 40 employees, it starts some of those things start to break down and fail miserably. And if and if you don't kind of account for the fact that you're going to have to continually Grow and change as a growing company. I think this is one of the things that most most commonly limits the growth of of companies. is is that unwillingness to say, well, we've always done it this way, so we're not going to allow anybody to have a better idea or to think outside the box or to try something new. But but the thing that was interesting in, in my comment is, uh, of the three or four things that we were very specifically talking about that we're working really really well with my within the company right now. None of them were my idea, and none of them were were the the founders or the owners' idea. That they were they were coming organically from folks who, every day, were were seeing a, a problem or an opportunity from a, a different perspective, from a closer angle than than I might be able to see it from. And uh, and it was you know just really fun to kind of see and 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 acknowledge that uh, now the company is able to grow exponentially faster, and I would even argue uh, better, because I have so many other folks who are who are involved in the process of trying new things.
1: Yeah. And it's a great reflection on leadership, which is you and, and you know, the founder and the whole leadership team, to be able to perpetuate that that culture day in and day out. But uh, you, you trigger a thought. And that is, you know, I've always uh, said to people that, you know, we behave our way into our own reality. Yeah, Right. So no matter where you are in life, whether it's, you know, relationally, uh, uh, physically, business wise, financially, things of that nature, you, you've behaved your way into that spot. And if you're in a good place, you behaved your way there. You know, your set of habits, behaviors, belief systems, things of that nature. And to your point, um, you're a very successful organization. You've behaved your way to this current level collectively, individually and collectively. And to say what you said in a different way to get to another level, to grow another 15 or 20 or 25 percent next year and continue to grow and double your size every, you know, three to four years, it requires a different attitude, a different mindset, a different set of habits and behaviors to realize that new reality. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. No, it it really does. And then back to, you know, if we circle back to one of the earlier things that you mentioned is is that allowing for that freedom for individuals to To kind of step outside of maybe their comfort zone and and to do that you really need to allow for them to occasionally make a mistake i look back at the first four or five years when we were you know we started this uh this company and we had just a handful of employees and uh, and our and our management meetings would consist of of myself and and uh, the founder you know getting together in one of our offices and saying hey let's let's try this and let's try that and phil we made we made so many mistakes we made we we tried so many things that didn't work and a lot of people don't ever see that and so they just assume oh you have a successful business you're doing really well You, you you know it's just what they don't get is that is that is the fruits of a lot of failure absolutely and and I think we for years we didn't talk about that we didn't think about talking about that but then, after we connected with you and we ended up getting more intentional about getting our management team together and talking about the things that, that made us successful in the past, because you don't want to forget about those things. Even if you need to change, you need to grow as, as a company, which I truly believe every company needs to. Um, I think it's a mistake not to, not to kind of recall the things and the behaviors that got you to where you were. And I think sharing some of those, some of those failures and, hey, this is, we, we thought this might work and it, and it didn't work at all. And the thing that was successful about that was we, we learned quickly and we made some quick adjustments and then we tried something else. I think one of my favorite stories uh, from one of, our, one of our key managers in our company, he's been with us for 11 or 12 years, and he started out as a sales rep. And uh, within his first three or four months, he was having some really good success as a, as a new salesperson, but you know, like anybody who's new to a company, he was also kind of learning the ropes and figuring out the uh, the nuances. And he made a mistake. It was uh, it turned out to be kind of a financial uh, mistake that that cost the company. It cost us a couple of thousand dollars. And and two really neat things happened. One, he you know he walked into the uh, to the owner's office and he said, "Hey, I just heads up. I want to let you know so you hear it from me." I made a mistake and it's going to cost us a couple of thousand bucks and, he, and I apologize. And, and here's kind of what happened. And, and here's what I'm going to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. And, you know, the owner, and, and then he, and then he went on to say, by the way, if you need to take that out of my paycheck, I understand. Could we maybe do it over, you know, a few months? So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect my ability to pay my mortgage and feed my family. And I remember uh, Ken, the owner, you know, looked at him and said and, and kind of smiled and said, Hey, listen, I've made a ton of mistakes in in growing this company, so first of all, thank you for just acknowledging that you make mistakes yeah, right you know that now now you're in the same company that I am. and second, yeah, we're not gonna dock it out of your paycheck. Uh, my only ask is that you learn from it and uh, yep. and if there's something to share with other people so they don't make that mistake, let's do that. other than that, let's just move on. And I think that type of and then obviously, this guy went and told the story to his co-workers and, you know, it became a little bit of a, a legend around the office as it, as it should. Um, and, it, and it sets the <laughs> a tone. Legend right? yeah. A legend
1: mistake maker? Yeah. legend mistake
2: maker? Exactly. <laughs> the legend of the mistake maker. Exactly. Oh,
1: so. that's, that's a great story. But you know what? It's, um it's so important that, uh, you know, I always tell people even to this day, I don't care if you make a mistake. I don't care if you miss a number, or whatever. What I care about is that we, we don't, we don't blow by it. I, I, I care that we talk about it. And we learn from it. And we've probably said that on a previous podcast because obviously the best, they're the best teachers in life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
1: I think, um, years ago, a friend of mine said, who's made the most shots in the NBA? And at that point in time was Michael Jordan. And then he said, you know, who's missed the most shots. And at that time it was Michael Jordan, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yep. <laughs> obviously to make the shots, You got to have enough mistakes so you can learn and make adjustments, and yeah, it's it's. uh, But it's so important to have a culture where it's safe. Yeah. Yep. To make mistakes, to challenge, you know, leadership, to challenge, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the boss, if you will. uh, Even though you would never be able to know that I or you were the boss in the room, which is the way it's supposed to be, um, because uh, then that really stifles communication and dialogue. But a couple other things that. You know, what we talked about is uh, creating a culture where there's safety uh, that ultimately creates engagement and passion. And you don't get to be, and I know we kind of speed bumped or you kind of speed bumped over this, number one in the world in a couple different categories. Um, You said that so uh, uh, just kind of matter of fact, but that's a huge (laughs) statement. You don't get to be number one in the world in a number of categories without an engaged and passionate team. And so that that really starts with, you know, the leadership, the culture, things of that nature. Um, You know, clarity regarding vision. What are we trying to accomplish here? Where are we going? Uh, And and where am I going? uh, Where are we going as a corporation? And where what are my goals? You know, what are my goals as an individual inside this organization and potentially beyond? A couple other elements that uh, you all do very well, which is really key. And when I was talking to this prospective new customer, in uh, uh, the fancier terms, you know, performance management system, which is really having the process and the tools in place to monitor performance and to talk about performance. Whether it's, you know, uh, ahead of target, on target or below target, we have to have the dashboard uh, that gives us what I refer to as permission to communicate about good stuff and and uh, uh, maybe not so good stuff when performance falls. And then uh, uh, the other thing that I thought was great, because the gentleman I, spo- I, I spoke with, it was just very matter of fact. And then I just get out of their way and let them do their job.
2: Yeah, is that is be- that is beautiful right there. I, and that might be one of the the, the most uh, common threads of, of a successful, high-performing company right there.
1: Yeah. So when you see a firm that has all of the right stuff, all the right ingredients in terms of the quality of people and things of that nature, what's one or two things that... Uh, pops into your mind uh, that prevents them from being all that they can be?
2: Well, uh, you know, to, to that point we just talked about, I think the idea the term that's used, I think, uh, pretty regularly around the business uh, world is that that idea of kind of micromanagement, right? So listen, I think it's human nature to uh, for all of us to want to mo- make sure that we're on top of everything and that we're monitoring every little thing and that we have a say in everything that's going on in our sphere. And, and I think that the temptation to kind of do that too much then does stifle the ability. And again, back to the idea, if, you're, if your intent is to go out and hire really good people who might have even better ideas than you have, then the idea that you're going to kind of micromanage these people becomes counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And listen, maybe, maybe, maybe there is a, a time and a place for micromanagement. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but uh, I, I certainly think within any company where you're really striving for excellence and you want to really grow and do things at a different level, you have to just allow that freedom uh, from from the from the folks that are around you. What comes to mind for you, Phil?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and the inverse of that is probably not valuing the input from others. Yeah. Anytime I see someone that's micromanaging, it also is an indication to me that they don't have proper controls in place to be able to monitor. Yeah. So they have to get in close and and, and really govern, uh, if not make those decisions. But one of the things that I see a lot in companies that don't realize their full potential is they're slow to make adjustments. Yep. They're slow to make course corrections. You know, whether it relates to a process, a person, a, you know, a, a product line that's failing, you um, They're just, uh, uh, it's very rare I go into an organization and say, hey, you know, what's, uh, what are the obstacles that's preventing us from, you know, getting to that next level? It's very rare that people don't know what those obstacles are. Uh, The challenge that people face is they don't act with the appropriate sense of urgency. Yeah. in addressing those.
2: Yeah. To remove those obstacles. Right. Like they they just kind of usually you'll find out, well, those are the same obstacles that were probably there six months ago or a year and a half ago or three years ago.
1: Yeah. And and to try to help them understand the 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 impact of of uh, and the importance of speed, you know, essentially speeds really in today's world, it's really today's currency. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't act with the appropriate sense of urgency, it costs you money. So uh, that, that's that's another thing. You know, I mean, that's that's really one of the big things that I see. People are just uh, a little bit too slow or a lot too slow to respond and make uh, take the corrective action required. You know, to kind of right the ship. That's uh, that's one of the biggest things I see. All right, well, Brad, any uh, any final comments on this topic?
2: No, I, I think that uh, it, this has been productive, and and I think we've also uh, listed off four or five other topics that we need to. Include in our list for future yeah. podcasts, uh, j- just from this one. But uh, as always, it's been helpful, and it's it's a, a topic that you could you could spend literally hours uh, talking about. But I think those are some of the highlights uh, that uh, certainly you and I have uh, have shared here over the, the last years.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, we'll let you go and uh, talk to you next time. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Management Insights Podcast with Phil Mydlach, Executive Coach, and Brad Hansen, CEO of Go Engineer. Check out the complete list of Management Insight Podcasts. And if you have a topic you'd like Phil and Brad to address, email your suggestion to phil at mydlachmanagement.com. That's phil at m-y-d-l-a-c-h management.com. Management Insights, helping leaders and teams break through to the next level.